Ruth chapter 1, and then John's going to speak. Ruth chapter 1. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The man's name was Elimelech, and his wife's name was Naomi. And the names of his two sons were Malon and Kilion. They were Aphrodites from Bethlehem, Judah, and they went to Moab and lived there. Now Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. They married Moabite women, one of them named Orpah and the other Ruth. After they had lived there about ten years, both Malon and Kilion also died and Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. When Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them, she and her daughters-in-law prepared to return home from there. With her two daughters-in-law, she left the place where she'd been living and set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. Then Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go back, each of you, to your mother's home, and may the Lord show you kindness as you have shown kindness to your dead husbands and to me. May the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. Then she kissed them goodbye, and they wept aloud and said to her, We will go back with you to your people. But Naomi said, Return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? Am I going to have any more sons who could become your husbands? Return home, my daughters. I am too old to have another husband. Even if I thought there was still hope for me, even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters, it is more bitter for me than for you because the Lord's hand has turned against me. At this they wept aloud again. Then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or turn back from you. Where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. And may the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. When Naomi realised that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. Thanks, Jenny, so much for reading that first part of Ruth. Uh, and uh, thank you. I feel though you're taunting us with that fire in here because <laughs> looking at that, I was thinking, oh, heat me up, heat me up. But it's one of those things about having to be reasonably well ventilated on one of the coldest days of the year so far. And all of them have been cold. So, But anyway, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Really great to see you. Uh, and farewell 2020. I'm tempted to say don't send us a postcard. It's been a difficult and scary year. And uh, who knew that Brexit and Trump wouldn't be the top line news stories of the year? 
But the, we've had the pandemic, which has affected pretty much everyone in the whole world. And it's personally affected you. It's personally affected me. And between us, we've been uh, ill, maybe bereaved, isolated, tested, locked down, financially destabilized, and zoomed into oblivion. And it's really hard not to react out of fear, isn't it? It's really hard not to react out of fear. And, uh, you know, we do do that. But as we're doing today, we're, we're responding by turning to God and turning to the Scriptures, partly to hear God speak to us, but also in the Scriptures, I don't know if you've noticed, but quite often you can find stories of people who are worse off than yourself. And I don't know if that cheers you or not, um, but uh, we're going to look at a story where you've got some ordinary people going through some very extraordinarily difficult times. And... Uh, in their stories, we can see how they respond and how God weaves his magic through their lives in very difficult circumstances. So overall, the book of Ruth is just such a story. Uh, and uh, at the start, um, which we're going to do today, and we're going to look at it through January. It's a short story, and you could read Ruth out loud during January in 15 minutes. It'll take you 15 minutes, and in fact, I really encourage you to do that. Um, and it's about essentially about three people. It's about two impoverished widows and a farmer. And they're living in chaotic and lawless times. These are ordinary people. So oftentimes when you read, particularly the Old Testament, there are mad kings or wild prophets or extraordinarily huge battles, bloody violence. But this is an ordinary story about uh, two widows and a farmer. And there are three great characters. The first one, Naomi, who we've heard about in the reading. Her life is marked by tragedy, as we'll see in a moment. Um, and for quite a lot of the story, her life is characterized by bitterness and by complaint. And in fact, she sees that God, you know, her perception is that, is that God is against her. So that's Naomi. She's the older woman. And then the younger woman, Ruth, who's her daughter-in-law. She's the outsider from Moab who boldly goes after her future, and she binds herself to the Israelite God, Yahweh, to the one true God. And we'll, we, that's what we're going to look at uh, in particular over the next few minutes. And then Boaz, who we'll get to in weeks to come, he's a kind of steady eddy, older farmer, uh, whose life has been, uh, making, has been making godly decisions really all his life, you can tell, because when he gets in the zone to make the really serious decision of his life, he responds with extraordinary generosity and uh, when he meets Ruth in particular. And the story begins like this. It begins with the words, in the days when the judges ruled. It's rather like uh, when you see a movie advert and it's, you know, they always start with somebody with a deep voice going, in a world of compromise, there is one man. Well, uh, this, it starts a bit like that, in the days when the judges ruled. Because I don't know if you've read Judges, but it will give you a headache. I mean, it is a, it is a book of terrible disaster and depravity all the way through. And uh, the book of Judges uh, and, the, and the sort of reign of the judges is about 3,000 years ago in Israel. And it's a vicious cycle of chaotic, violent, and unpredictable events where everybody did what they wanted. That's the thing that gets said again and again. And uh, on top of that, if that wasn't bad enough, having to live through those times, there's a famine. There's no food. And so this family, uh, husband and wife, uh, Naomi and her husband, and two sons, 
they make the huge decision to migrate from Bethlehem. That's a place we've heard of recently, isn't it? So Bethlehem, here. No, let's say here. Bethlehem's here. Moab is over here. They make the decision to migrate to Moab. And in between, there's the Dead Sea and the River Jordan. So that's the kind of border. And uh, they're going to migrate about 50 miles across into the hill country of Moab. And uh, I don't know if you've read uh, much of the Old Testament. Looking around, I can see that some of you have. Moab, good guys, bad guys? Bad, yes. Yeah, bad. So they're moving to a place that's full of bad guys. Uh, And so they're leaving one place, uh, which is bad, and going to another. And then it gets worse, because what happens is, in the new land, um, Naomi loses her husband. He dies. Elimelech dies. And then time passes, and there's a sort of ray of light as her two sons marry two Moabite women. One's called Orpah. I kept reading it and thinking it was Oprah, but in fact it's Orpah. And uh, the other one's called Ruth, who's the star of the show, who we'll see in a moment. But then, if it couldn't get any worse, it does, because after a decade, her two sons also die. And crucially in this culture, there's no heirs. So you've got Naomi and Orpah and Ruth together. And what this means is this family is on the edge of extinction. In fact, uh, Naomi is really on the edge of losing her identity because she's older, she's very vulnerable, she's in an alien land, and she's without children. And this is the, really the worst possible situation for her in that culture where you could only be secure in that society if you were married and you had offspring to carry on the family name. This is really the lowest point in a series of low points. So that's a very brief setup in the first two or three verses. And the question is, what's going to happen and what's she going to do? And for the first moment, really, something good happens. It's what we might call in 2020-21 the vaccine moment. Something good starts to happen. And God has provided food for his people back in the homeland, back in Bethlehem over here, the other side of the Dead Sea and the Jordan. And so she decides to return back 10 years later to her homeland. And in fact, all three of them set out together. And on this journey that they're making back, they have a conversation. And that's the rest of the reading that Jenny read to us. There's this extraordinary conversation. And uh, we don't know quite when that conversation is, but my reckoning is it's probably at the border. they, They walk together, and there comes a point of no return, possibly the River Jordan, when they're about to go back to Bethlehem. And uh, they have a really momentous conversation. And Naomi makes a generous and practical decision to them and says, go back. Go back to your homeland. She wants them to find a safe place, the possibility of getting married, having security in that place. She knows if they go with her back to Bethlehem, they'll be in a foreign land, they'll be aliens, and they're likely going to poverty. And so she says, go back. And at the border, what she wants to do is she wants to bless them. And she says these words, and they're powerful words. And we started with a blessing, and here's another one. And she says, may the Lord show you kindness as you have shown kindness to your dead husbands and to me. May the Lord show you kindness as you have shown kindness to your dead husbands and to me. In fact, the word that in in our Bibles is kindness, in the Hebrew is this word, hesed, which is so much bigger than just kindness. 
It's generosity, it's mercy, it's loyalty, it's compassion, it's devotion, it's covenant faithfulness. All these things that uh, demonstrate what uh, the Israelite God, the one true God, is like. And she unleashes a blessing from Yahweh to these two Moabite women, these two women who, are, who haven't grown up knowing Yahweh. And she frees them of any responsibility and obligation to her. She says, go. This is a really good offer to them. To return home, maybe get married again, get secure. The alternative is to go with her, an older woman, to a foreign land with no future prospects. Now, these women have been together for 10 years, so they do obviously love each other, and neither of them wants to go. And so Naomi tries again. She says, look, you have to go back. You've got to go back. Even, she makes a very bizarre case. She says, look, if I was to conceive boys uh, tonight, and, uh, and, then they, and then I was to have these boys in nine months' time, and then they grow up, would you wait long enough to marry them? And uh, obviously the answer is no. And then she says, and this is her perception, even God is against me, so go, get out of here. And she persuades one of them to go. So Orpah goes, she leaves. And really, the storyteller of this, of this beautiful story um, implies no criticism of her. Because what Orpah does is, is the right thing in the circumstances. She does what is expected. She goes uh, and she's obedient to her mother-in-law. And she goes and makes a secure life, we imagine. But Ruth is different. And she decides, contrary to Naomi's wishes... And she boldly binds her future to her aged mother-in-law and to her mother-in-law's people, to her land, and in particular to her God. And having been blessed by this kindness, this hesed, she immediately responds in the same spirit. She responds with kindness and mercy and generosity and loving kindness and, and covenant faithfulness towards Naomi. She's stepping into something of the nature of God as she does that. And this is a really crucial moment. Because Naomi's told Ruth to uh, uh, to go to her people and her God. But Ruth answers that Naomi's people will be her people and her God will be her God. This is what we call these days, if you like, uh, you know, this is her moment of a decision for Christ. She says, your God is going to be mine. And she makes her obligation even to death. She says, where you die, that's where I will die. And we're anticipating that Naomi will die some time before Ruth. And she's renouncing burial in her own hometown in Moab. This is really risky devotion that she is showing. And love that is above and beyond expectation. It's completely, as it were, unnecessary. She gives herself over and above. And it puts us in mind of what Jesus says uh, later in the New Testament where he says that kingdom ties, kingdom relationships, in the end, are stronger than family ones. Family ones are important, but they're secondary to kingdom ones. And so Ruth becomes a disciple in the Old Testament for us, for you and me, 3,000 years later, to emulate, to follow. So I just want to say two things about this decision that Ruth makes at the beginning of this story. And the first one is this, is that Ruth lives out of the blessing that she's received. So she's receiving blessing uh, from 
Yahweh, of Yahweh's kindness. And Ruth has obviously lived around Naomi for a number of years and will have heard something about Israel's God, which would have been very different from the Moabite God. And when Naomi blesses her at the border with God's essential kindness and covenant faithfulness, then Ruth plunges in with both feet with similar kindness and faithfulness while declaring that Naomi's God will be her God from now on. So she lives out of the good that she's received. And that is important for us as we step into 2021, that we learn and know how to receive the blessing of God in our lives so that we can live from that spot. We live out of that blessing. We live out of that story. The second thing is this, that in difficult times, and they were really difficult times, and at the point of no return, Ruth takes a leap of faith in that moment to trust the one true God. Humanly speaking, it really isn't the best choice for her, but it's a good one for Naomi, and, and they all know that. But it's a great one in terms of trusting God. Faith is risk. Faith is risk. It's being sure of what you can't see. And, sh- and what I reckon is, is that Ruth has had glimpses of Naomi's God, and she is going to uh, take a leap, plunge in with both feet, and become sure of what she can't see, and only dimly sees at that point. And being in difficult times is the moment for making bold and risky choices to trust God, that a kind and faithful God will do in and through our ordinary lives what we can't do for ourselves. So these are the moments. These are the moments for us when, uh, you know, the pandemic is really bad in this wave. These are the moments to to make risky and bold choices to trust God. And in our terms, to trust Jesus at the moment where there's no turning back, at the moment of a border, if you like, as we step into our future. So you may know a step of faith that God is asking you to do in difficult circumstances. And it's important that, like Ruth, you've experienced something of God's blessing yourself. And if you feel like you haven't for a while, this is the time to get plugged in again. It's the time to uh, receive from the Lord. And then as you receive, then be bold in your faith, in your prayers, in your actions, in your relationships, in your finances, in uh, how you live your life day by day. Because this is a story about ordinary people in extraordinary circumstances doing really extraordinary things because they trust God. And that's what God calls us to at the same time. And then, just as a spoiler alert for the weeks ahead... This decision of Ruth has huge cosmic consequences, as we shall see. So, steps of faith in our lives have consequences for us, really good consequences for us in the immediate. But also, you never know down the line what God is going to do through decisions that you make in difficult times. And this woman, Ruth, an outsider who isn't born into the faith, becomes integrated into the larger story of God's people. And as we'll see, she becomes the great-grandmother of King David, who is born in Bethlehem, who is then, uh, uh, in his line, comes down to Jesus and comes down to us. So I want to just encourage you, 
both to receive and to step out. And I wonder if we might stand and uh, we'll just respond to some of those words we had and also to um, and to anything you feel that the Lord has spoken to you through this little bit of this passage. So I'm just going to do what Joe did again at the beginning and bless us again. Bless us with the presence of God. And if you you would like to know that again at the beginning of the year, then I just encourage you to make a, a physical gesture to God. For many, putting out your hands is a good one. Or you might just want to step into God. Or you might want to... Um, just raise your face upwards. You know, it's just a, it's a, it's, there's no magic in it, but it's just saying to God, here I am, and like Ruth, I want to step into you, step into your presence. Thank you, Lord. So, Father, we stand before you at the beginning of the year. And we want to live out of you, your presence, and your story, and your purposes. So, Father, would you send your Holy Spirit on each one who asks today? Send your Holy Spirit on each one who asks. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, in these difficult times, would you come and stir up faith, faith and trust in you and your goodness, your kindness and mercy and covenant faithfulness towards your people. Come, Holy Spirit, stir up faith at the beginning of the year. Stir up trust in you, in your nature, in what you want to do, in your power, in your ability to intervene and change lives. Restore faith. Restore faith, we pray in Jesus' name. Set our minds on things above. Set our hearts to be ready as we've been hearing. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. And just want to pray for those of you who know you have a a step of faith to take. As, as you've been thinking about stuff today, you know there's a step that God is calling you to. Father, I just pray for those people in particular that you would give them, equip them with courage and with insight and the ability to take action in the power of the Spirit. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. So we're just going to... Uh, Sing one or two more. Just continue to respond to the Lord and receive from the Lord because he's here and he's equipping you with his blessing and his power.
You're my constant in the chaos.